This is the show that brings to the forefront newsmakers, entertainers, and those making a difference in our lives and in our world. Each week is a new adventure with topics ranging from the most serious and cutting edge to the most lighthearted and entertaining. This is Taking Care of Business with Richard Solomon. This is Richard Solomon for Taking Care of Business. This is a special edition as we are all engaged in battling the coronavirus. This is a co-production of WCWP, of course, Taking Care of Business, North Shore Child and Family Guidance Center, and the Nassau County Bar Association. My very special guest is Alyssa J. Smilowitz, who is a licensed uh, professional social worker in Nassau County. That's the heart of our WCWP community. And we're going to explore over the next hour how to deal with the whole pandemic and how we can all face this together. And let's, first of all, thank you for appearing on very short notice to be with us today. Oh, you're welcome. All right. So you're the coordinator of triage and emergency services. That, so this sounds like you're uniquely qualified to deal with this. Yeah, I deal with emergencies daily. So I don't know if anybody's really qualified for this, but um, I know strategies to help people cope. So let's talk about that. Right now we have a pandemic. If you look at the news, it's grim. You look at the stock market news, it's grim. You look at the health news, it's grim. You look at the different public officials on the local, state, and other levels, and everything is grim. How do we confront that, and how do we talk to our family members about this, especially children? Well, we have to, we have to think about what our thoughts are and what the true reality is. The reality is, is that at this point... Um, even though the coronavirus is prevalent, 80% of the population do are able to overcome this. Um, and you have to also have thoughts of calming things that you could do. Um, I wouldn't have the TV on the news the entire day. I would limit it to maybe one or two times during the day. Um, I would make sure that uh, you keep to your routines, you know, your healthy habits, um, finding exercise is very calming. So is, you know, even just cleaning out your closet, doing something where you feel in control. Because right now with the coronavirus, we don't have a lot of control. So things that we can do in the house, things that we can do in regards to talking to our family members, FaceTime, um, can really help decrease some of the anxiety that we're feeling. Now, before we started the show, we had a, a little pre-production talk, and you said that mm -hmm. one of the things to do is to sort of identify what you're feeling and validate it. Can we talk about that? Yes. You know, validating that, you know, you're feeling anxious, but at the same time, we can uh, find ways of tolerating that anxiety, and, and that takes practice. Breathing exercises, uh, uh, doing some kind of a routine, playing an instrument if you do that, reading a book, uh, not listening to the news 24-7, uh, healthy habits, making sure you're eating, making sure you're sleeping on a regular basis. Uh, these are ways that we can control some of the anxiety that we're feeling. I actually did hear on one of those news reports, which I wasn't supposed to read about, that sales of junk food have gone through the roof. Yeah, I mean, sugar, you know, sugar can make you very hyper. Anything that's going to make you hyper is going to also increase your anxiety. So, you know, lessen the coffee, you know, drink herbal tea, 
Um, try to eat as healthy as you can. Uh, do some kind of deep breathing. Uh, do things that you know are going to be calming for you at this time. Now, the other thing that we talked about during pre-production is you said to live in the present. Could you expand on that? Well, living in the present means, in other words, living day to day. Because, like I said before, if you start thinking about the future, it could overwhelm you. So right now, you're sitting in your house. You're, you're trying to do social distancing. So do things that you know are going to make you feel like you have some control in other words, uh, organizing a closet, uh, doing exercise, uh, talking to people about other things besides the coronavirus. We have to find ways of self-soothing. That's very, very important at this time. Now, I went out earlier today and I went to the grocery store. And of course, you see every employee is wearing a mask and gloves. Every patron is wearing a mask and gloves. And it becomes a little bit. And, and when you go outside... Uh, there's very few people actually engaged in any activity in the in the outdoors. Now, I know um, sometimes weather plays a factor, but it, it's unusually quiet. Uh, even in quieter places like Nassau County, for example, um, we, we don't see anybody. It, it's it, how do how do people adjust to that reality, especially the reality of social distancing? I think it's very difficult. I think we have to remind ourselves that this is a temporary situation, uh, that we're doing it for the health and the benefit of ourselves and also the people around us. Um, recognizing that this is not always going to be and recognizing that that temporary peace is going to help in a way of you being able to tolerate that. But and just reminding yourselves that you're doing this to stay healthy. But one of my questions sort of that, comes out of that is we don't really know with any certainty when it's really going to be over. You know, usually, well, for example, we said that certain people announced publicly, all right, uh, these kinds of institutions are closed until this date. And then other institutions are closed at least until that date. And then we have some things that some things are closed indefinitely. So there's really nothing to anchor on as to when this is going to truly be over because we've heard everything from three weeks, six weeks, three months, a year. How do we hold on to the fact that we may be in isolation for a really, really long period of time or longer than we could tolerate psychologically? I think you're right. I think that there's a lot of unknowns right now. So we have to work through that and recognize that, that it, it is a lot of unknowns and it's okay. So, you know, you do your FaceTiming with your family. You talk to them on the phone. Um, you do things to help you tolerate, you know, the feelings that you're having at the moment. Um, and, and it's something that we have to work on as a community. We have to work on being able to uh, self-soothe and uh, take care of our family and our health and our well-being. So that has to be a priority right now. How do you sort of escape when you're sort of under house arrest and you can't really leave and it's crowded, there's a lot of people in the house, maybe it's not a big enough house for, maybe it's a small apartment. Uh, how do you, what are the strategies you could tell people about 
Well, I think that, number one, you can open windows if it's a nice day. Sometimes fresh air is enough to do that. Unfortunately, the weather is not being very nice to us today. But usually, even taking a walk, nature is very calming and very soothing. So if people could just take a walk in the park or or around their block, um, that usually helps with the uh, feelings and the emotions that we're struggling with right now. Now, I guess we have all kinds of different emotions. There's the health concerns of ourselves, the health concerns of loved ones, especially people who may be more vulnerable because of, you know, pre-existing or underlying conditions, age, uh, respiratory limitations, things like that. With those economic issues, because uh, a lot of people don't have stockpiles of cash, uh, you know, squirreled away for a rainy day because it's very expensive, you know, day-to-day living. Uh, how do we, in, in many ways, a lot of these things are, and, and then of course, uh, the, the whole world is under siege. So it's not like there's even a place you can get on a car and <laughs> drive to. Or I, on, that's get, true. You know, you, know, um, you know, there are a lot of things that we're not going to be able to fix right now. That doesn't mean down the road we won't be able to. I think we have to just uh, use our coping skills. And when I'm talking about coping skills, I'm talking about you know, breathing, maybe doing some yoga, some stretches, walking outside, um, enjoying the nature, enjoying the present. I mean, that's the only thing that you have at the moment that you're aware of and that you can control. You can't control what's going to happen in the future. So it's very important to just try to live in the moment for right now. Uh, Try to do things that are going to make you feel calmer. And like I said, uh, making sure that you take care of yourself physically. Now, your website, it's northshorechildguidance.org. That's uh, correct. Is that a place that people go for resources and information? Absolutely. You know, we have, we're a very big organization. We deal with children and families, mental health. Uh, we also have the adolescent uh, in Westbury uh, co-occurring disorder for children that are abusing substances. We have the Latina Girls Program. We also have maternal depression uh, program in Manhasset, and we have young children from zero to six, seven, eight um, in the Manhasset office. So, you know, we try very hard to work uh, with families to help them improve their lives and improve their emotional state. Now, I assume that there are probably people out there who have other things, like maybe say maybe addictions to, say, gambling or or substances. Does does this crisis exacerbate that much, much worse? And do do people need resources more than ever at this point? I think that, you know, if you, you know, if you're trying to self, we call that self-medicating. If your anxiety is really high and you're drinking too much or you're doing things that could be very toxic to you, it can happen during times of stress. And the main thing is to recognize it and, and get the help that you need. You know, we do have the uh, co-occurring clinic for children and adolescents and young adults, um, and we also work with young adults in our Roslyn location also. Um, but these are very trying times, so we have to, you know, be cognizant of, you know, where our uh, weaknesses are and where our strengths are, and to recognize, to use your coping skills when you're feeling overwhelmed. Now, I assume in, so, in the use of social media, it's, it's sort of a two-edged sword, 
because in one ways it, it actually will allow us to be connected when we're really disconnected at this point. But on the other hand, it's also the harbinger of all kinds of updates and mm-hmm. news that's sort of constantly negative. You know, if you see the stock market going down and down and down and down, and you see the numbers of uh, patients going up, 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 and the, the number of, you know, if you look at the, the CDC and some other, I think there's a website that has the tracking of it worldwide, right? Uh, you know, and you see all of that information repeated over and over again. It's like you do need the social media to do your online learning, which apparently is a new reality, to do meetings and things like that, which businesses really need to do right now to continue on. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're going to probably do more phone and internet things with your patients. But Absolutely. How do you, but how do you put the wall between sort of the use of the social media for its good and beneficial stuff while sort of steering away from all the content that could make you very sad about what the prospects are? Well, you you know, this is where people have to learn to shut it off. You know, you listen for a, a moment, but you don't have to listen to it all day. Because if you do listen to it all day, it is going to increase your anxiety. You have to tolerate some of it, but then you don't have to listen to it over and over and over again 24-7. So people have to... You know, you can go like twice or two times and, and get, get the updates, but then after that, you have to do things that are going to help you in regards to your anxiety and your emotions. And that's, that's equally as important as the news. So it, it, sometimes you just have to shut it off and take deep breaths, get outside, uh, listen to music, read a good book. You have to have that... Um, that part of you where you're able to disconnect a little bit so you can keep yourself in a better place. Now, one thing that my personal observation is, and I guess I'm going to defer to you as an expert, is it's probably better not to watch, you know, all this news maybe three hours or so before going to sleep because you kind of need to go to bed with more of a clear mind, I assume. Yeah, I mean, you know, definitely, you know, even for people, you know, if even when we didn't have this coronavirus, people that had high stress jobs, you know, you need to be able to wind down, you need to be able to just sit and be meditation is very, very good, um, especially before you go to bed, or um, reading a nice boring book. Um, doing things that are going to be calming is going to help you and tolerate what's going on at this time in our lives. Again, uh, let's just get that website out there, northshorechildguidance.org. Yes. Um, and, and there's when you go to the website where they, there's emails and resources and things like that for people to draw upon? Yes, there's um, multiple um, multiple sites. There's, there's a blog on uh, working with your child. Um, you're going to see our different services that are available. You'll have our contact number, um, which right now um, is 516-626-1971. Um, however, we are, we are using our virtual uh, media right now. Um, of course, our agency is now closed. Uh, but uh, we are always available. Uh, so if you reach out on our internet access, or if you leave a message, we, we will get back to you. All We're right. still working here. 
Well, a lot of people are, are adjusting to a new reality of sort of working all online and having things delivered online and meeting online and learning online. And uh, I see all kinds of uh, new approaches uh, because mm-hmm. we need to be creative during these very troubling times. Um, we have two minutes left in this particular section. Okay. But, but um, how do you keep a routine going when, eh, you know, you wake up and you wear sort of, I think there was a, uh, a joke where someone said, well, I, I wake up and I change my night pajamas into my day pajamas. <laughs> And go about yeah, my right. Yes. You know, yeah. You know, and then one one guy has a joke. Put on a tie over his pajamas. <laughs> you know, so I'm going to work. <laughs> to work. So, um, you know, it's very important to try to keep the routines. You just got to force yourself. I think it's very important that you, you know, get dressed. Um, you know, do your, you know, brush your hair. You're going to feel better. If you're not in your pajamas all day, um, it does help the mood. So I would strongly suggest getting up at your usual time, getting dressed, having a good breakfast, and then go on with your day. Try to have a routine. That's the best way of helping you tolerate what's going on in this day. Well, for people like myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a dedicated radio person. So uh, being able to do a show like this, for the general community and having an expert like yourself really is important to me because I actually feel like we're actually helping uh, the various uh, people listening out there, which is important. So I Absolutely. Do thank you for it's that. very important. We all have to take care of ourselves right now. All right. So this is Richard Solomon. Uh, I have Alyssa J. Smilowitz with me, and uh, I couldn't have asked for a better guest at this uh, challenging moment. Please keep it tuned in right here. We'll be right back. This is Scott Schenlinger, and you're listening to Richard Solomon, WCWP 88.1 FM. All right, Richard Solomon on Taking Care of Business, a very special and important uh, radio broadcast on the coronavirus. My guest is Alyssa J. Smilowitz from the North Shore Child and Family Guidance Center. Uh, great people, great resources. Uh, in, in fact, if you get to go onto the web, we've had some past shows on other really important topics as well. Uh, we're now going to kind of shift our focus a little bit to some questions uh, that were submitted uh, by people out there who really are trying to get a handle on the family situation. So one question is, because everybody's cooped up, how do you confront, control, and subdue sibling fighting? Well, you know, it's very difficult. You know, the sibling finding could be a reaction to their own anxiety of not being able to handle what's going on. My question would be, as parents, it's very important that you are able to be very calm because children are like barometers. They're like sponges. If you're tense and anxious, they become tense and anxious. They absorb it. And so that's when sometimes you'll see the sibling fighting going on because they don't know how to tolerate with what's going on in the family unit. So it's very important for parents to be able to stay calm and be able to talk to their children in a way where they're feeling confident 
that the parents are in control to some degree. So this becomes validating that it's a tough time for everybody, validating the fact that they are anxious, but yet have the confidence to tell them that it's okay, that you'll tolerate it, we'll be okay. They need to hear that. They need to hear that they're going to be safe. And so parents have to pay extra attention to how they are responding to their children, especially this time. All right, so a flip side question is, what do you do when the kids get wild? You know, they've been right. cooped, they're cooped up. They're in relatively small quarters. Maybe they don't go out because of the weather on a particular day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they do the, the things that kids kind of do, you know, jumping on beds, pillow fights, who knows, whatever it is. They kind of get a little wild. Um, maybe something breaks. <laughs> You know, it happens. Um, you know, I've, I've experienced that myself. I think that it's really important to have some kind of an activity for them, something that they could do with their hands. You know, sometimes sitting down, baking cookies or cooking with mom and dad or doing a board game, you know, something nice like Monopoly. I know that's old-fashioned now. But something um, that they can do as an activity together uh, could help the situation. When children act out like that, they usually are bored. You know, besides, yeah. you know, the anxiety in the family, they're, they're bored. So if you could find some kind of a routine for them, it can help. It's, it's not, a, not something that's going to completely cure it, but maybe decrease it a little bit. So this was another question I received uh, in preparation for the show. What happens when someone in the family actually is battling the virus and everybody is concerned about either the spread to the family or, you know, how that's going to affect everybody? Well, you know, you could recognize the fact that that's a possibility, but then you also have to go into the mode of what what do we need to do right now to stay healthy? Wash your hands a lot keep social distancing, maybe uh, needing to uh, make sure that that person is on the other side of a room or, or another room away from everybody. It, you know, recognizing it's difficult, but at the same time, reminding yourself to do what you need to do to stay, stay healthy. How do you have children sort of comply with the directive to not touch your face? You know, I mean, I, 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 that's, you know, I've, I've watched kids all day long <laughs> in different contexts, including even teaching. And, uh, ad- adults too. Yeah. I mean, I think we touch our face constantly, but if we wash our hands um, and we wash our hands for 20 seconds after we touch our face, and you could teach your children to do that too. You don't want to scold them constantly for touching their face. But what you can do is say, okay, you touch your face. Why don't you go wash your hands? I think that would be a good way of um, having them recognize not to touch their face, but at the same time, washing their hands after that. Can we talk about washing the hands? Because, you know, there's sort of washing the, the bottom part of your hands and then there's washing the whole hand, the backside. Finger, right. nails, you know. Yep. Yep. Let's talk about that. How do you how do you instill complete washing as opposed to cursory washing? 
Well, you have to, you know, for children, you should watch them. You know, watch them that they're they're counting to 20 and they're washing their hands real well. Um, and adults, you know, they shouldn't have to be watched, but <laughs> they should be, you know, counting to themselves 20 seconds and making sure they're getting all parts of the hand. All right, so this question now is for the Nassau County Bar Association uh, folks who are now working at home, but there's children in the house. How do you get work done when kids are struggling with online learning, uh, have their anxieties and fears, Mm -hmm. they're bored, they're cooped up, they haven't seen their friends, they don't know when they're going to see their friends, they don't know when they do get to see their friends, if they can even like hug anybody anymore because of everybody's thing. How do we work, how do we get work done while all this is going on? You You have to have a time where you could spend with the kids. I mean, um, if you're working all day, yes, the children are going to want to, you know, have your attention. Um, However, if you say to them, listen, you know, mommy or daddy, we have to work right now, but we're going to play a game at four o'clock and I'm going to play a game with you. It might help. Um, they're, They're not used to this routine either. So if you give them some kind of a carrot, like, okay, if you're good now, I will play a game with you later. That might help. Okay. Um, What are the kinds of questions that you seem to be fielding right now that maybe we can kind of reflect back to our listening audience? Well, you know, some of the things that, you know, we're hearing is the anxiety, you know, the unknown. So what we're trying to do is trying to help them establish routines, especially the adolescents and the children, um, routines, having the families understand that they have to be calm, that, that, you know, the more they um, talk about the coronavirus in a scary tone, the children are going to absorb that and they're going to act out on that. So it's very important that parents, even though we are all in an anxious place right now, to be able to talk to our children and be calm about it. You know, thoughts are different than what sometimes is reality-based. We all have these thoughts, these scary thoughts, but that doesn't mean it's going to be true. So parents have to recognize that just because they have a thought doesn't mean it's true and to say to themselves, is this reality-based? Yes, it's the coronavirus. However, 80% of the people will probably get through it. It's like a bad flu. Um, the people that are more in, 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 uh, in dangerous places is, children, is adults that have... Um, you know, other medical issues. Um, so we have to really control ourselves not to allow our thoughts predict how our emotions. We have to really be more reality-based. Right. We've been hearing that, but it's a, somehow it's hard to take that and and internalize it and believe it. I know. It's very difficult. But, you know, when you start getting yourself anxious Really sit down and think about it. Think about, are these just thoughts or is this, is this reality-based? And usually if you think about the reality, yes, it's a horrible time for us right now. Yes, there's a lot of worries. But if you live in the present and you think about, what can I do right now to help myself? That's really, really important. Now, there needs a- to be some kind of a rhythm 
when we're going through things. We need a sense of predictability. That's why routines become very, very important. Having routines, not just for the children, but for the adults, for the day. Okay, I'm going to work, and then at 5 o'clock, I'm going to cook dinner, and then we're going to have a nice dinner afterwards. You have to have that predictability. It helps with the anxiety. There are a number of people out there amongst us who survived the Great Depression, World War II, uh, or the children of people who survived all the horrors of World War II. Um, Can we draw upon their stories? I think we can. I think we also, you know, in New York, we had 9-11, talking about feeling unsafe, feeling that anxiety. Um, You know, the main thing is to be able to validate the anxiety, you know, don't dismiss it, recognize it's there and do things to help yourself feel a little more in control. That's where routine really becomes key. And also, like I said, thinking about what is reality based and what are just thoughts. Are there any plans that you guys have as an organization to maybe do community-wide webinars or things like this, like our radio show, to kind of get the word out on our broad scale? Because I guess one-on-one counseling is going to be very, very hard because I'm sure there's a surge in demand right now. Right. You know, one of the things that, you know, we are reaching out to our patients um, either through uh, uh, virtual or on the phone, Um you know, at this time, you know, things are up in the air. Maybe we will. Uh, you know, that is something to think about, uh, doing more community work. We always try to do community work. We're, that's, that's what our agency is. It's a community agency. Um, so it might be in the future, yes. Right, because, I mean, our past shows have been on um, how do you explain tough situations to children. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about teenage suicide prevention. So, I mean, you certainly have done uh, shows with my, 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 with my show. Uh, Yeah. And uh, those have been very, very successful and I've gotten a lot of really great feedback on very important, challenging and tough topics. I know that a lot of times people want to more be given uh, entertainment and infotainment, but, but sometimes you have to do a show like this. That's just all business and all serious all the time. That's true. Uh, For the, Parents out there in business, have you had any suggestions for them on how to, that are different, but more like on a business thing, which is sort of coping with the changes in income or um, not working, you know, physically or just working in a very altered way? Uh, Not everybody can work from home. Not everybody's business can be converted to online. Uh, let's talk to all those people. So if, if we can move away and, and go more into the business sphere, I know some of the strategies would be the same, but are there any different or supplemental strategies for, for people in business, whether they're employees, employers, things like that? Unfortunately, it's true. There's a lot of people that are, you know, businesses that are closed um, and that, you know, income is an issue. Um, you know, that, that unfortunately is something that um, hopefully will change, um, you know, uh, but at the, at the moment, like I said, just being in the present at the moment and um, hopefully things will change 
but we really, you know, that's something that that we don't know about yet. So my suggestion would be the same. It would be, you know, have a routine, have a sense of predictability, do things that are going to make you feel better, and try not to watch the news 24-7. That is not going to help your situation. Do, do people watch the news because they feel so out of control that they it makes them feel like they're a little bit maybe more in control, even though it makes them feel worse in the end? I think that's part of it. I think people are afraid that they're going to miss something. But at the same time, recognize how it's impacting you. Recognize your anxiety level. I know that um, if if a lot of people have on the news constantly, it's it's going to impact you emotionally. You know, so limiting that can help decrease. Also, not as much coffee, not as much caffeine. You know, you want to do things to take care of yourself. In this moment of stress, especially, you know, with the uh, coronavirus, you've got to stay strong. You want to, you know, your immune system, you want to make sure that, you know, your immune system is strong. So we have to really take care of ourselves in that way. Uh, I guess one recommendation is for people to go out there and start really looking up the things that help build a good immune system or help sustain it. Uh, We don't give medical or nutrition advice on the show ever. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not a nutritionist, but I do know that stress and anxiety can lower your immune system. So, you know, look, if you need to look up things, look up things that can strengthen your immune system. At least you're doing something proactive. Listening to the news is not going to change anything. You know, it's not going to change what's happening. Um, But if you do something where you can feel like you're being proactive, that might help you feel better. Okay. Now, one past guest on the show was Dr. Michael Greger, G-R-E-G-E-R, and he wrote a very great book called How Not to Die, and it was a, it's on YouTube and it's on uh, various platforms, um, and I did a, a very thorough interview with him a number of years ago, so if you look up that particular show, I'll leave a link somewhere. He actually has a book and a, a strategy about improving your overall health through, uh, you know, better eating and lifestyle changes. So maybe uh, that could be a good resource from uh, a medical professional uh, about some of those topics. Absolutely. Um, so let's, let's go. We only have like two minutes because these segments go very fast, especially with all this um, ground to cover. Mm-hmm. Child about four or five years old says things like, uh, are we going to be okay? Are we all going to die? They're all upset. I got you know, one of those kind of questions. How do parents, and we may not have enough time to field the whole question's answer. So maybe we'll start here and then we'll take it over the break. But let's say you know, a child says, are we all going to die? Or, and, they, and they mean it seriously. You know, they, they kind of see, you know, things about the death tolls and, and uh, you know, you know, the, the 20%, because remember 80 is good. If you're, in the 80. <laughs> but if you're in the 20, uh, that's not promising. This uh, is true. You know, so how, how do you address authentically to a child that question? And, and then maybe what we'll do is I'll, I'll leave that question open and I'm going to give the continuing legal education code right now and then we'll pick it up. So for the people who are members of the Nassau County Bar Association and are taking this particular class for credit, the CLE code is... M323NCCV. 
That's M323NCCV. I'll say it one more time. M323NCCV. All right, this is Richard Solomon. We're going to pick up that question on the other side of this break. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and healthy. Please stay tuned. How you doing? This is Kerry Carney, and you are listening to Richard Solomon on WCWP 88.1 FM. Welcome back. Richard Solomon, Taking Care of Business. This is a special broadcast on WCWP 88.1 FM. My guest is Alyssa J. Smilowitz, who is the coordinator of triage and emergency services at North Shore Child and Family Guidance Center right here in Nassau County. They do amazing work, and they're great, great people, and they've been on the show before. We're also being co-produced with the Nassau County Bar Association. This is going to be a one-credit class, hopefully, if it's uh, certified. But I'm going to give you the code uh, one more time just in case you missed it, which is M323NCCV. That's uh, Mike323, November Charlie, Charlie Victor. Okay. One of the questions that we had were before the break was a young child really with big eyes and fear, looks up to you and says, are we going to die? Are we going to be okay? They see all these grim statistics. How do you tell them authentically what's going on without sugarcoating it, but being authentic to the truth? Well, look, if a parent is looking scared or tense and their voice is really saying things in a way that makes the child feel anxious, they're going to feel anxious. So it's very important that parents, in a calm, uh, a calming way, say as a, a very matter of fact that, uh, you know, we're dealing with a virus. It's like a very bad flu. Um, and there are a lot of adults who are working very hard to keep them safe. You're going to be safe. Um, it's very important that children hear that. And this is, is this a good opportunity to tell them the importance of math and statistics? <laughs> no, just kidding. Somehow I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Got to break up the tension here a little bit. Yeah. All right. Speaking of tension, mm-hmm. what, what do you like as far as breaking the boredom of being sort of, even if you have a routine, it, it's kind of monotonous. You wake up, you change, you do, the, you know, you, you do your schoolwork, your business work, you this, you that. You know, you have your three meals. Um, and you know, you watch, uh, non-news television or entertainment or things like that. And you go to bed and it's like Groundhog Day. It becomes the day after day after day. Right. What do you like to sort of break up the board? And one of the things that we're talking about during the break was maybe children perceive cleaning your room is sort of like, well, thanks. That's, that's (laughs) another fun activity we get to do under house arrest here. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, you know, parents you know, they're going to have to be creative. You know, they're going to have to figure out ways of keeping their children an activity that um, they feel that the children would enjoy. Every child is different. Some children like to draw and color. Some like to do different games. Um, You know, uh, some like to have stories read to them. They're just going to have to be creative parents in this time of, of what we're dealing with. Is this the time for people to start writing the great American novel, the, you know, the great, the new website? Is this, is this time to start maybe doing those things that have been in the dustbin 
that never got a chance to break out? Well, you know what? It, it, you know, it, uh, breaking up the routine would be okay. I mean, some people have something that they want to do in their house. They want to paint a room, um, or you know, if they want to get something accomplished and then on a nice day take a walk outside. You know, you do have to break up the routine, but it has to be something that you're you're. It's going to make you feel good about it. Some something that's going to make you feel that you accomplished. I think that's really important. Let's talk about pets. Uh, I, I I saw something on the internet that that the pets all were saying, "Oh my God, the humans are like staying home. This is great." But do pets help break some of the tension up a little bit? Absolutely. You know, playing with your dog in the backyard, not today because it's raining, but, you know, um, or taking them for a walk, uh, they, they could be very soothing. Um, you know, there's such a thing called pet therapy. It's, it's, you know, because animals are very soothing to adults in a lot of ways. So I guess this is the, the time to appreciate your pet and take care of them and maybe they'll take better care of you. That's right. At this time of crisis. Is, now, Absolutely. Is, Absolutely. Is this the time to actually get a pet or is it just better just to stand down and just keep the routines? Yeah, as best, I don't as know as, about that. All right. But I, I think if you have one already, um, you know, uh, just uh, cuddling with your pet, um, uh, playing ball is, you know, it's something different, something that you, you know, if you work all day, you're not going to have the ability to do so. It could help. One, one question I forgot to ask from my incoming uh, question list that I got, because what was nice about doing this particular show is a lot of different people had questions that they submitted beforehand. Uh, decluttering. Does decluttering help you de-stress? Or Absolutely. Let's talk it's, about that. It's a sense of accomplishment. It's a sense of... You know, uh, you know, they say that when you declutter a room, you declutter your mind a little bit. And I think it's true. Um, so absolutely, that does help. Now, for us in business, I guess that probably means that it's a good time to maybe straighten out the files, shred a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you know anything that's going to make you feel more organized and feel like you accomplished something is going to make you feel good. What? What kinds of things should people do as far as, you know, in terms of grocery shopping? You know, in some ways, let's talk about the psychology of grocery shopping. We've seen sort of the whole run on toilet paper. Um, and, you know, the, the stocking up on non-perishables and all these other things. And on one hand, they're telling us, stay at home and it's going to be a few weeks. So you probably want to hunker down because... The more you're hunkered down, the more you need your supplies and not to run out. And on the other hand, you don't want to be without because you're not really sure what the story is. So let's talk about the psychology of shopping and all that stuff. Well, I think that people were panicking. And unfortunately, when people panic, other people panic. It's like a, it's like something that continues. Um, and so... Unfortunately, that's what happened with the paper towels, the toilet tissue. You know, people started to panic. And then the people that are watching these people panic, they panic. And then it continues. You know, the grocery stores are going to be open, you know, and we've been told that they're going to be stocked. I'm going to take, you know, I'm, my belief is that that is true, that, you know, we should do our shopping just like we always do. 
um, you know, um, I'm going to take that at face value. So uh, that's all I could say about that. So in terms of shopping, uh, I've, I'll have i freely admit this. I've been going out with a hat, glasses, mask, uh, rubber gloves, trying to go in for pinpointed missions. <laughs> Yeah. Getting out as fast as possible. Yeah, then, I mean, then, you know, then, you, you, if you have to, you have to. Right, but, um, but you know, that- you could do online too, but sometimes just getting out and doing something physical instead of just ordering on the internet could could help you feel a little bit better, but you you just you have to be safe about it. You know, what I, you know, whatever you feel you need to do to keep yourself safe, that's what you do. Right, but do you have any recommendations just in general about the psychology of shopping, is it better maybe to go in the morning or is it better to go in the afternoon or, or, or is you know, to to something s- I really, I really don't know. I think that everybody's going to figure out their own method. I do know that some stores are opening up earlier for seniors because they're more at risk. Other than that, I really, I think you just have to, you know, try to try to do what you need to do to make you feel self feel better right the problem is there are things that you do that make you feel better but not necessarily keep you safe how do we strike that balance well it's a balance it's a balance an individual balance people have to figure that out for themselves in regards to you know their level of risk and their level of feeling safe they have to figure that out that's a personal decision well, one thing I, I've sort of read on the internet again, <laughs> you know, the internet's a mixed bag, but mm-hmm. it's that when you do go to a supermarket, you know, if, if things are packaged versus loose, that's one dichotomy. So maybe the tomato that you're picking up or the avocado that you're picking up may have been touched. So they, they recommend washing uh, those items. Um, yeah. Well, I would go buy whatever they, they uh, recommend. Yeah. Uh, are there any sources that you rely upon other than maybe say the CDC and some other stuff for guidance that you pass along to your patients or your population groups? Well, we have, we have many uh, uh, clinicians that have been uh, practicing for 20, over 20 years. Um, we all talk to each other in regards to, um, you know, where we're at in regards to um, our clinical skills. We're always trying to learn new things, um, and we share them with each other. So, you know, we, we do a lot, of, uh, a lot of education to our clinicians in our agency. What, what have you learned about yourself and your patient groups from this crisis? I'll, I'll share what I've learned on the business side. Okay. Well, I've learned that, um, you know, um, anxiety is part of every other human emotion that we have, that besides sadness and fear, we do have anxiety, and that it's really important to try to keep level-headed and not allow your thoughts to ruminate to the point where it starts to make you feel like you're panicked and to recognize things that you could do to help yourself feel more in control um, in the moment and in the situation that you're in. Uh, I'll, uh, this is just a, a non-legal uh, suggestion to the business community because 
as a member of the business community and someone who's on radio with the business community on various platforms on AM and FM and things like that. Uh, I, what I've noticed and I've heard is you, there's still things that can be done. Try to do as many of those things that are possible. Uh, creativity is certainly uh, key here. Uh, you know, we're going to have to just do things differently. Uh, we're going to have to do things more remotely. We're going to have to do things more, you know, maybe payments are going to be more by credit card than check. Uh, maybe uh, the way we uh, have meetings are going to have to be more like net meetings. Uh, but we still, we you know, one of the things that we have to do is use our ingenuity. Uh, you know, we've invented all kinds of great things and necessity really is the mother of invention. And I think that's going to be paramount uh, to the business community and especially to, uh, you know, the legal community, which I think is struggling because right now the legal community, the courts are closed uh, right now, at least, you know, right now the courts are like really closed except for very limited uh, purposes. And people can have to figure out a way to get a lot of work done now so that when things do open up, we don't have the avalanche because one of the things that I'm worried about is there's going to be all this pent up demand to get all this stuff done that was all pushed into the future. And one day that future is going to happen and then it's going to be like an avalanche of things to, to make up for all the things that were kept in abeyance. Um, and I think that one way to sort of avoid the avalanche is to do as much as you can, even though we're working with lots of limitations. So that's that's just my that's just my perspective. I think um, it's a good perspective. You know, uh, to 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 any extent, do the business people, you know, who are the parents of your patients, do they have resources as business people um, in your organization? Um, or is it really more family centric? You know, which is we'll take care of your family, and you know, the business will you'll have to you know go to other experts. Yeah, I mean, we're more family centric. You know, you know, we certainly deal with parents that are struggling um and have, trying to help them in regards to uh learn how to tolerate what's going on, uh validating the struggles that they're dealing with right now. But um you know, that's we're really more family oriented. So speaking of the family, how do we deal with the issues of you know, we see weddings of only, you know, four or five people, you know, in totality. We're, uh, we're seeing uh, babies delivered with just the mother and the father kept outside in isolation. Uh, graduations may not actually proceed at, you know, with commencement ceremonies. How do we deal with all this disappointment and loss? First, as it is on the horizon and second, as it happens. Now, I know these are ifs, but... I want to have this out there just in case. We only have three minutes left. I really think that we just have to uh, recognize that we're in uh, a time in our lives where there's a lot of uncertainty in regards to all these functions and that the, hopefully the future will work out better and maybe we can, you know, they can have those celebrations later uh, when things uh, seem to resolve themselves in our communities. Well, I certainly look forward to the day when we could do a radio show called Now That the Dust is Settled, Let's Get Back to Work and we can kind of deal with the psychology of being overworked and, 
having to yeah. overcome all the the issues that we are dealing with right now. Again, I agree. Again, NorthShoreChildGuidance.org. Uh, my guest, with great thanks, is Alyssa Smilowitz, who's been on the show before, and I can't thank her enough for taking time out from being in the trenches and helping people to, to be with us and to help our radio family and community. Um, any any other resources or, or websites that you want to, uh, uh, phone numbers, or or just go to NorthShoreChildGuidance.org? I would just go to NorthShoreChildGuidance.org. There's a lot of references. There's a lot of blogs that we have on dealing with uh, family situations. And I just wish everybody to stay safe and uh, use your healthy habits. All right. And with that, I will thank you immensely for all your time today and for the really hard work that you're doing. Also, uh, we do need to recognize that right out outside the front line are medical people, healthcare uh, professionals, social workers. They're doing incredible work. And, and all the scientists that are working on this, all the blood lead technicians, there, there's an army of people out there who are working in this battle. And we really, I would at least like to recognize their heroic efforts because uh, our ability to really combat this depends on them. So for all those people who did drink the coffee and stay up all night to study, to pass all the exams and get licensed to do what you're doing right now, thank you. And for yeah, all those people, absolutely. Pe- thank you. Thank you. And for all the people like Alyssa out there who are giving their time, like right now, thank you. Because uh, we, where would we be without the healthcare professionals and the mental healthcare professionals to help us through this very, very stressful time? So thank you again. And I look forward to actually seeing you in person. <laughs> Right. Yes. Know, you know, maybe socially distant, but at least I'll look forward to seeing you soon. <laughs> That's all right. right. All That's right. Again, NorthShoreChildGuidance.org. For all those out there, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Follow great safety protocols. We'll see you as soon as we can. Have a great day and stay safe. Stay safe.